word to be active in our lives. And we thank you for this. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Speak to us directly, and then yet speak to us, Father, collectively. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about tonight. Three guarantees to prayer. So I want to give you them. You know how I am. I want to give you, for those of you who like to take notes and the teacher that is in me, I want to give you the three guarantees of prayer, and then we'll circle back. We'll work our way back and looking at them, so that way, if our time doesn't allow us to hit all of it, you still have it, all right? So here's, we're talking about the three guarantees to prayer. But before I give those to you, can I read a quote? You'll love this quote. Listen to this. This quote is by E.W. Kenyon, and he says this about prayer. I'm convinced that the outstanding enemy in prayer is the lack of knowledge of what we are in Christ and of what he is in us and what he did for us and of our standing and legal rights before the throne. Wow, man, that's great. Think about that, all that he said. So here's the three things that I want to give you for you to write down. Three guarantees to prayer. Here's number one. The word of God is a guarantee. The word of God is a guarantee. Number two, the name of Jesus is a guarantee. We're talking about prayer. Three guarantees of prayer. Think about it. When you're praying the word, it's a guarantee. When you pray in the name of Jesus, it's what? A guarantee. And here's the third, the Holy Spirit. Guarantee. Come on. All right. So let's continue to go. Now, I want you to write some few things down. And if I ask you to write them down, then I'm thinking that they're probably going to be pretty important for you to have and definitely to build up your notes and things that you can look back to down the road. But I want to talk to you about developing confidence. So, when, so if we develop confidence in these three areas, everybody say three. We develop confidence in these three areas or these three guarantees. You know what's going to happen? We begin to apply them because now we have confidence. See, if I have confidence in something, then what am I going to do? I'm going to start applying the confidence that I have and the insight that I have in these things. And then guess what? Then that's going to cause me to start getting results. You see, so here comes the guarantee. Here comes the confidence because I'm studying the word. I'm building my, my life upon the word. And then when I pray, I know that what I'm praying about, glory to God, I have the guarantee of what God says in his word. So this is very important. Confidence. Say confidence. Now, everything we pray, now this is important. Everything you pray, everything I pray, listen to this, is going to be and should be based on the word. It's just true. Think about it. Because God's word and his, his, is his promise, and his promise is his word. And, you know, this is why we, we have his will, which is the Old Testament, New Testament. We have God's plan for every one of our lives. So we have to take time to dig inside. Well, let's go to our first scripture for the evening. That is 1 John chapter 5. We read some of these before, but that's okay because what we're going to do is just kind of recap a little. So let's look together. At 1 John chapter 5, I, I have the, the New King James. Some of you have different translations, and oh boy, do I love to hear the different translations. So tonight as we go to 1 John 5, we're going to look at two scriptures here, verses 13 and, and through verse 15. So four, three scriptures, 13, 14, and 15 of John, 1 John 5. Are you there? Now, as you're turning there, let me give you three things I want to leave you with as we study this scripture, and then we're going to read it, then we'll go back. Listen to this. A, I want you to understand this and get it down in you. So much so that you know. Say, I know. I know. And I tell people, they say, you know, when you pray about a thing, 
You are so convinced about a thing. You've heard the expression, man, I know that 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 I know. I mean, you are so convinced. So here's A, the three things. Here it is. If you ask anything according to his will, which is his word, what's going to happen? He will hear you. So write that down or highlight it because we're going to read it. But I wanted you to see it. B, here it is. If you know that God hears you or hears me when you pray, guess what? Because you're praying according to his what? Will and word. What's going to happen? He hears you and he answers. So these are, this is so important to get this down on the inside. And then here's, here's the third one. You know you have it. Come on, I like this. You know you have it, that which is in your heart. When you get something down in your heart, man, you know you've got it. No one can shake it from you. No one can tell you that it doesn't exist. You know it's real. And say, man, I don't care what happens around me. You know, I love you. I don't care about what happened to you. In the past, if someone's telling you about, oh, I don't know if this works, you know it's down in your heart. Are you with me? All right? Now, listen to this out of 1 John chapter 5, New King, New King James Version 13 through 15. All right? Here's what it says. We're again talking about confidence and compassion. Are you there? 13 says this. These things I have written, I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. Ooh, I like that. Say no. Come on, that you and I may know, that you may know that you have eternal life. Isn't it good to know that you have eternal life? Yeah. Oh, man, glory to God. Amen, praise God. And then, listen to this, and that you may continue. Now, these things are, do you don't, okay, so I know we got our smartphones. Can you highlight these words in your smartphones? I know sometimes it's hard to do that. You can, sometimes you can press a little highlighter on there, right? So if you can. All right, or well, if you have your Bible, mark this down or write this down. But I've already mentioned two things you should have highlighted. Number one, these things I have written to you who believe. You see what I'm saying? I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Secondly, I said this, and that you may continue. You may know and you may continue. Isn't that good? Those two things already. Continue what? To believe in the name of the Son of God. 14. 1 John 5. And we're looking at verse 14. Now, that's why I like this. Now, he said all that and he's saying now, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, ooh, I like that. Come on, Lord. According to his will, he hears us. Oh, what a guarantee. Praise God. Then he goes on and says, and if we know that he hears us, what's going to happen? Whatever we ask, say we ask. Now, let's make it personal. Whatever I ask, say I ask. Come on. We know that we have. Come on. You see that? That we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, that's New King James. Who has the Amplified? Who's got that for us? And then we'll come back. New Living, all different translations. Anybody pick that up yet? Well, if you don't have it, work on it. Betty, can you read the New Living Translation for us? What does it say? Nice and loud. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. 
Does this not sound like confidence? Doesn't that sound like, I mean, guarantees that when you know these things, man, I love that. And this is so important about God's word. What he's teaching us is as we study this, we can see it clearly. God is saying that if you know when you pray to me, that you know that I hear you. And if you know that I hear you, then you know that I'll answer you. Ooh, I like that. That's a knowing. That's a confidence. That's believing. Who has the amplified? Anybody find that yet? Nice and loud. Go ahead. Please. Wow. So talk to me. What have we heard so far? Give me some feedback. What is this scripture saying? Because this is this is so powerful. So we heard it. We mentioned it. We read it. Wow. Someone help me out. What is it saying to you tonight? Anyone? Hopefully it's saying something to somebody. Okay. Knowing the word of God. I like that. All right. What are some other things we can get from from our scriptures tonight? Okay, know the word of God, but believe in it, right? I mean, I'm telling you, we can go to church and we know that this is a Bible. And we know that even some of our homes, I know, I know this, being raised and different people I know. People have a Bible in their home. Come on, somebody. And, that, and, and it sits on the shelf collecting dust, you see. That doesn't mean that, you know, like you said, the word, as you said, Russ, is important to know. You know, we have the word. That's, that's the primary. And then, but we have to believe the word. All right, that's great. I like that. Anyone else? What's some other things that stood out from this? A boldness. So what is that boldness and confidence? What it will do for us, though? If, I, if you have a boldness and you have a confidence in prayer, what will that do for you? As opposed to not having it. Wow. So you'll believe. When you pray, you'll believe. As opposed to if I didn't have confidence, I mean, would I even pray? Would I even believe? Would I even pray or want to pray? No, because there's no confidence. It's like, it's like almost me saying, why, why should I pray? I don't believe God's going to hear my prayers. So why should I pray? There's no confidence. But then also, we talked before, what will hinder us is, is that boldness of coming right to God is not having a right relationship with him. Are you listening to me? In other words, not fellowshipping with him as we should be fellowshipping. You see? You know? And so these things are important as well. All right, let's go on. Let's go on. Thank you. Now, let's look at the first one. The word of God is a guarantee. I gave you the three things. You know, the word of God has to be deposited in our hearts. And I'm glad you said it. Remember I said that it can't just sit on the shelf. Right? And we say, ooh, that's a nice Bible. Ooh, that's a pretty Bible. Well, it may be, but let's open it up. And let's see what's on the inside. Can I give you like an illustration? Here's the thought. Think about this. Here's an example. Take a seed, and this seed is the word of God. See it as the word of God. But what I want you to see also is this, that you take a seed, and you bring this seed, and it's in the bag. It's in a bag, and the bag is in the barn. So here we are. 
And, but we know what's in that bag, which is in the barn, what it will produce. Because there's seed in that bag. All right? But it'll produce what? A, that's right, a crop or a harvest. But if it's still in the bag, the seed, in the bag, in the barn, what is it going to produce? Nothing. All right, you're with me. So the seed has to then what? The seed has to come out of the bag. Are you with me? Out of the barn and be deposited in the soil for it to happen. So think about it. Here's what happens a lot of times that we know we have the seed, which is the word of God. But but it's like it's in the barn. We don't take the time to take the seed out of the bag and then out of the barn and then plant it in our hearts or plant it. And so therefore, but we want to harvest. Where's my harvest? And I'll say it's still in the bag. Are you listening to me? It's still in the bag in the barn. And that what simply means is this. We've not taken time to get into the word and deposit that seed in your heart. All right. Because if you have good soil, if your heart is good soil and that soil is full of faith, man, it's full of believing and trusting God. What's going to happen when the word of God, the seed hits that soil? Boom, man, it's going to begin to grow. Then you water it. I mean, with prayer and thanksgiving and all kinds of wonderful things like that. But we have to do something in order to receive the benefit of it. That's the bottom line. Isn't that right? I can know something, but if I don't do something about what I know, I'm not going to receive the benefit. You're not going to receive the benefit. It's just like this. I've always said this. You know, someone decides they want to be a blessing to you, and they want to go ahead and put a million dollars in your account. That's nice, but if you didn't know it, are you going to be able to take advantage of it? No. Yeah, I don't know it. And, and the fact is they, they're trying to get a hold of you. Where can I find so-and-so? Man, I got all this money I want to give them. Do they know I'm looking for them? No. You can't take advantage of it. So even if something as simple as that, the th same thing is true. But here's what's so important. If there's areas in our lives, can I say this, that are like, like post-it notes or sticky notes, there's things in our life that are, that are causing the seed that we want planted in our hearts and our lives and it's not to be planted, then what's happening, it's hindering. It's like it's sticking. There's things in our life that are causing are not causing the seed to grow and to be planted properly in our hearts. So what do we got to do with those sticky areas or those post-it notes or sticky things? Guess what? We got to get rid of them. What I mean by sticky notes is hindrances. Are there hindrances in our lives that are causing us not to receive our breakthrough? See, see, I'm telling you, you can have the word. Everybody, we have the word. Praise God for the word. But sometimes we overlook the sticky points. The things that we kind of like, oh, it's not a big deal. Hmm. But at times you have to begin to understand that when you compare it to the word of God, not to other people. Woo. Think about that. Have you ever met people that said, oh, that's not a big deal. I do that, but that's okay. It's not a big deal because I'm comparing that person or they're comparing that person with what? With another person. So now the question is, what is the basis you see, or the rule, if you will, that they're making the comparison to. Because if they make it in comparison to the word, it's not okay. You see what I'm saying? It's not okay. And so it's just very important that we get all these things. But here's the other thing. Once you get into the word of God, I encourage you, you have to meditate. You have to meditate. If I don't meditate upon the word, I'm not going to receive. In other words, what does Joshua 1.8? Y'all know what it says. Joshua 1.8, what does it say? 
This book of the law should what? Help me out. Not depart out of our mouths, right? But we should do what? We should meditate in it. How often? Day and night so that we may observe to do all that is written therein. Notice, after we do that part. Wow. After we do that part, then what does it say? Then, notice, then you'll make your way prosperous. Guess what? You'll have good success. So, so there's, it's a point I think sometimes we miss. We want the, pros, the prosperity. We want the success. We want the harvest, but we're not doing the meditating. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're not taking time to get into the word. We're not staying in the word. You know, meditating, how often? Not when we feel like it. Come on, somebody. Am I right about that? So we have, I mean, it's so simple. But here's the thing. Look, look with me in Romans chapter 1. I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. I want someone to read this for us because how can I receive from God if I am lacking faith? Do you know that faith should be a lifestyle? Do y'all believe that? Do you agree with me on that? Yeah. That faith should be a lifestyle? Okay. So let's look and see what it says here. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. If you find it, just go ahead and let us know what you have, as always. Let us know your translation and read it for us. Go right ahead. Who's got it? Uh, yes, sir. Go ahead. Oh, that is so good. I'm saying, Lord, show us. Help us not to just read over a, a scripture or a common scripture that we've, we've read over and over again. Notice what it says. First of all, talking about the gospel, right? What is verse 16 talking about? That you and I, we should not be what? Ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel? The gospel is the word. The gospel is the truth. So we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because here's the effects of it. It is what? The power of God. That's what it says, isn't it? So there's power right here. Glory to God. The gospel is power. But then it goes on and says, what else? It didn't stop there, right? The power of God unto what? Here's the result. Salvation. But then it says it makes it so wide open for everyone. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. You know what happens? A lot of times we stop right there. We stop there because we don't read 17. What does 17 say? Oh, this is important. For therein. Say therein. For therein. Therein what? What, is we, what are we talking about in 16? The what? The gospel. For therein the gospel. Listen. For therein is the righteousness of God. That's what it says. Then it says, reveal. Glory to God. Do you know the gospel reveals the righteousness of God? Then it goes on and says this, from faith to faith. Then it qualifies us on how we should live. How? What does it say? The just shall live by faith. Wow. So let me ask you a question, and you can help me out with this thought. Our lives, should our lives be governed or regulated by our sense mechanism. What I mean by our five senses. No, no why, why not? I mean, this is how I feel. What's wrong with the way I feel? It changes. It's natural. Okay? I mean, this is what I heard. Right? It smells like. <laughs> it feels like. 
I mean, we can touch, we can touch upon all of these senses, but are these senses a good basis that we should build our faith on? But do we at times? Wow, help me out. Whoa, that's what I see. So what I see, come on now, all of a sudden we regulate and say, it governs and says, that's mine. But if it's not based on the word of God, come on, then listen, what we're looking at is wrong. Because we can say something like this. Well, you know, everybody in my family is always sick at this time of the year. So, I, I mean, it's flu season. Come on now. You see, and all of a sudden we see it, then we're bringing it to us and we go, well, so here's what I'm going to do. I know I'm, I always get the flu, so I'm going to get it this year. Wow, come on now. See, and, and you say, people don't really say that. They do. They do. Or they say, well, you know, this is the time of the year when things really get hard, Pastor. They really get tough. And what, what do you mean? Well, you know, this is when I just don't seem like I have enough money. There is more month than money. So I don't know what I'm going to do. See, we start speaking those things. We're bringing those things to us. Is that faith? Woo. See, so what I'm saying is, what are we going to govern our lives by? Because if we're saying here, and just in this one, uh, uh, the scriptures of Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, because the word of God, there's power, and the word of God says, but my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No matter what the situation looks like, guess what? It's going to change. It is subject to change. Why? Because it's temporary. Glory to God. It's temporary. Oh, but Lord, help us to get that down inside. Are you with me? Okay, so guess what? If, I, if you and I ask something, write this down. If I'm asking something, my asking but must be within, and let me say this because I know it sounds odd, but it has to be within, if I can say this, the boundaries of the word of God. I can't ask something outside of the word. Are you with me? And expecting God to give it to me. That's what happens sometimes. People are asking. You say, how do you know that? Because they don't know what they're asking. And then if they knew what they were asking, they would go, whoa, wait a minute. That doesn't line up with the word. Then they wouldn't even ask. So how, what's the remedy? Get into the word. Meditate upon the word. How often? Help me. Amen. All right. So here's another thing I want to give you. Are you ready? If I'm going to pray about a thing, listen to this. If I'm going to pray, then... I must understand that what I'm going to pray about or what I'm going to take the prayer, listen, what I'm going to take, take the time to pray about, I must bring the word of God, bring the word of God with me. In other words, I must have the word of God with me and I pray about that thing. Are you saying, are you with me? In other words, should I be praying about something without a basis or a foundation with the word? No, because then I don't have power. You see, the word should be my foundation. The word should be my power. Say foundation, foundation. And, power and power when I pray. So when I'm going to I'm going to prepare myself. All right. So go with me to Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12. This is why it's so important to understand word, the word of God, the promise of God, the seed of God, prayer, faith coming together. When I pray the word of God, when I pray what God has said in his word, man, something is going to happen. Power, say power, becomes available. 
All right? So we're going to see here in Jeremiah 1.12, though, that a preparation has to be done. How many of you know if you're going to bake a cake, you just can't take the ingredients, sit them on the counter, and say, come on, cake? Well, you can't do that, can you? Or how about if you do this? I'm going to bake a cake, but I'm going to take the ingredients, and I'm going to put them in the bowl. I'm going to put them like I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to just stick it in the oven. Can you do that? You would think someone's, there's something wrong with it. Come on, man. You know you can't bake a cake like that. And that kind of sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? You see what I mean? But do you know what? When it comes to prayer, we're kind of doing things just like that. We know what the word of God says, or we should know. I like to say this. Some people are trying to pray and don't even have the oven on. Are you with me? There's no fervency. See, there's no fervency. So what's happening is say, well, I guess and here, here it is. Well, I guess I'll just pray. If someone came to me and said, I want to pray before you, I said, okay, where are you going to pray? I don't know. I just, I just, I just want to pray. Uh, hold it right there. First of all, I don't know what you're praying about. Second, there's no confidence there. I don't know. Look, brother, you're going to do a better job than that for me to hook up with you. You understand what I'm saying? Because what that means is simply this, that they're just, they don't have the oven on. They don't have the right ingredients. If you're talking about you're going to believe, where's your faith? I mean, you should be excited about the things of God. I want to hear the word. Don't just say, I'm just, I'm, I don't know, just, well, just pray. It's just like, okay, let's just take the ingredients. Let's just sit them on the counter. Or better than that, let's take them out, out of the boxes, put them in the bowl. Don't have to mix them up, but let's just put them in the oven. And then I'm just hoping that a cake comes out. That's really what that is. And that shouldn't be. Come on, everybody say, that should not be. All right, well, then here's what happens, though. But if I take the word of God and I, I apply the word of God in my prayers, what does God do? What does it say here he will do? Jeremiah 1, 2, I like that. 1, 12, what does it say? Verse 12, someone read it for us. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Then the Lord said he's ready to do what? His word. To perform his word. All right. Who has another translation? Thank you. Who has something else? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. So now God is saying he's watching over his what? Word. Okay. Someone give me, give me a couple more translation, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Good eyes. I'm sticking with you. I'll make every word come true. Wow. Is that not a guarantee? Think about it. God is saying to you and I, if we'll pray his word, if we'll speak his word, if we use his word, he's watching over his word to do what? To perform it. What is he waiting on? His word, his word. So when we pray, we need to pray and should be praying what? The word. Can you say amen to that? Praying the word. What does he say he's going to do? He's going to do what? Watch over and do what? And perform it. Wow. Let me give you another reference. Write this down. Let's read this. Isaiah 55, 8. We're still talking about the word of God as a guarantee. Everybody say the word of God. 
The word of God is a guarantee. So I know this now. What I, what I understand is the word of God, think about it, it's like this. If it's a, if it's a seed and it's, and it's in the bag that's in the barn and I don't get it out of the bag, out of the barn and plant it in the soil, it's not going to do me any good. So now I've got it out of the bag. I've got it out of the barn and I'm speaking the word and now I'm doing what God tells me to do. I should get results. Is that not right? Okay, good. So what does it say right here in Isaiah 55, 8? Someone, can I read this for you? Can I read it? You go ahead and read it. Read it for me. Someone read that. Let me know what translation you have. Mm-hmm. All right. Someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Last part. Mm, God's decree. Wow. All right. Someone else. Thank you. Both of you. Who has another another translation? Mm-hmm. Wow. What am I saying then? When if he says that my thoughts are not your thoughts or really we're saying his thoughts or his words were not our words. But when we make his thoughts, our thoughts, when we make his words, our word and we pray that. Glory to God, it'll come to pass. It will come to pass. But if we, again, we are not exposed to the right kind of prayer and how to pray about a thing, and we've taken, as I said before earlier, we're taking prayer, and we'll say, let's just pray, and we're just throwing it in the bag. Boom. Well, well, what are we praying about? I don't know. Let's just pray. But since then we're not applying the right types. We don't understand what we're praying for. If I'm praying for consecration, you know what I'm saying? And I want to consecrate myself to the Lord. You have to understand that if I'm praying for God to meet all of my needs, those are two different kinds of prayers. See, so we have to understand how to pray and what we're praying. We understand this, but when we do pray and we pray and we get the word of God and we're speaking what God says, listen, it has to come to pass. Is God a man that he should lie? No, he's not the son of man that he should repent. God said it. Listen. This is what's going to happen. He's going to make it good. He spoke it. He'll bring it to pass. This is his word. This is his word. Now, is your word good? Think about your word. I mean, come on now. Think about it. Well, do you want your word to be good? I want my word to be good. If I tell somebody I'm going to show up at a certain time, I want to be there. You understand what I'm saying? Because you want your word to be good. If I tell somebody, come on, you know what? I'm going to take you out to eat, man. I'm going to buy you lunch. And then I get there and go, oh, do you have money for lunch? Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> You're going to say, dude, this is the last time we're doing lunch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you understand what I'm saying? Because she said, you told me. Wouldn't you say, you told me? You see what I'm saying? So now, guess what? We, we're basing the relationship on what? Someone's word. So if you and I have a relationship with God, and if our relationship with God is based on his word, and God keeps his word, then we know that it will surely come to pass. Because God doesn't lie. So we have to understand, we have to get his word in us, and we have to pray his word. And when we pray his word, because he's listening, he's watching, watching, listening and watching, but he's listening and watching. Did you catch that? All right, that was Henry. Anybody know that? Who said that on the tape? But anyways, he's listening and he's watching, right? So that he can hear and perform what? His word. Wow. Glory to God. So my best 
the best thing I can do when I pray is find scripture on the case and pray it. Because I know that he's waiting for me to pray. And when I pray his word, he's going to hasten to perform it. Well, that's the first guarantee. Isn't that a good guarantee? Well, let's look at the second one. How about the name of Jesus? How about the name of Jesus? Well, go to John 14. We've got some time. John 14, we've said this before, but I want to bring it out so that we get this down on the inside of us. John 14, verses 12 through 14. Now, this is so important because we're looking at the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is a guarantee. All right. Now, Strong's exhaustive concordance. Let me read this to you as you're turning there. He brings out one meaning of the word ask, because we're going to look at the word ask when you ask something. What he says here is when you ask here in this scriptures right here, 12, 13 and 14, we'll go back. He says the Greek word for ask implies a demand of something due. Wow. A demand of something due. In other words, it's due to you. It's, it's yours. It's due to you. So therefore, you're making a demand. You're making a request because it's due to you. Something due. Well, so here we are. 14, 12 through 14. Someone read that for us. John's gospel, please. Mm -hmm. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 13 and 14. Thank you, Russ. It says this. He said, and whatever you ask. Remember, we said that word ask, right? As we just read here. And when you, when you study and look at this, you know, in the Greek, it's talking about to make what? A demand or implies of a demand something due. Notice it says, and whatever you ask, a demand of something due in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask. It implies a demand of something due. Come on. Anything in my name, I will do it. Ooh, I like that. Is that not good? Well, let's go on. Let's go on to 16 then. Let's go on to chapter 16. Let's flip over. And we're going to read just two verses. Someone read for us verse 23 and 24. Again, we're talking about that the name of Jesus is a guarantee. The prayer. Who has that for us? Someone read it, please. Wow. What are we? Okay, so let's talk about this. The first guarantee we said is the word, right? We said the word of God is a guarantee. So what do we learn from that? It's important to do what? When we pray, pray the word. Now, what are we getting out of this one here? When it says that the name of Jesus is a guarantee, we just heard, we've just read. What, what are you getting from this? What is Jesus saying to us? What is God saying to us about using the name of Jesus? Anyone? ask in his name and if we ask in his name what is it saying it. did you read it i read it what did he say he'll do it's okay to say it he'll do what he'll do it he'll do it i think sometimes what happens is that because of things maybe that didn't work out as we thought they were going to work out 
in the past, when we hit some of these verses like this, which is a guarantee, we kind of come up to it all cautiously and going, hmm, I don't know. I don't have confidence. I don't have faith because I asked before and nothing came to pass. Mm. So he would say, so why is that? Well, then we could only look at the individual or individuals and actually have to ask them personally. Because a lot of times you see what you see isn't what you get. In other words, a person may say they're doing all the right things, but not until you really spend some time with them to find out if they're doing the right things. We think we're doing the right things. So what happens is this. Sometimes people are saying, oh, but I'm doing this and doing that. But all the while, there's these sticky notes. There's this stuff that's sticking. And they're like, I don't understand why my prayer's not getting answered. Well, here it is. You're going to God. Say, God, I'm offering you this. I'm offering you these gifts. What does he say? No, leave it right out on the altar. Get it straight. Do you know that for some folks in the body of Christ, they refuse to get it straight with other people? But yet, I want my prayers answered. Wow. That's like me falling on my head and expecting not to get hurt. <laughs> Think about that. You would say, no, Pastor, you can't do that. You cannot do that. You cannot jump off this building and think you're not going to get hurt. Well, there's a law. It's called what? Gravity. Will come into effect. So I'm not going to do that. You understand what I'm saying? That's obvious. Now let's bring it back to the church, though. There's things that we allow these sticky points. Unforgiveness. I mean, just, wow, and then pride and, and just all these mm, things that are sticking points. Listen, worry. Wow, are you with me? There are sticky points where thinking like, how come I don't see my harvest? And I would say to people, how come you're not taking care of that situation? How come you're not taking, and I'm not naming it. I mean, people have to name whatever's going on in their lives. But here's what happens. A lot of times you don't know because that person looks so wonderful. On the outside, it looks like everything is going great. But then unless they say, hey, man, come here. Can I talk to you? I got some issues in my life. I need prayer. I've been asking God to do these things in my life. And you know what? I know my prayer went out of my mouth, hit the ceiling and came right back down. I know this because it's not like they don't know. But yet sometimes for whatever reason, we just, people just don't take care of business. In other words, I know I wronged you, but you wronged me. But who's going to be the bigger person, if you will? Who's going to humble themselves and get it right? Oh, man, it's clogging up my, listen, my, for me to receive, my, my receptor is getting clogged up. How can I believe God for something to receive something? I can say all the right words. Oh, yeah. Man, I can lift my hands up. I can shout, I can dance, I can tear the church up and go home and still not have my prayers answered. And this, unfortunately, was happening in the body of Christ. This then causes people to fall out, not just with one another, but to fall out with God. God, you said, but never really going back and saying, well, what did he say? 
You see what I'm saying? What did he say? Wow. Is that all right? Okay, let's go on. I'm going to jump right into the last one. There's so much more, but I'm going to skip. Ooh, I'm going to skip. All right? So here's the thing. We're going to go right now. Uh, um, see if I miss. Oh, oh, listen to this. Can I give you another quote? Then we'll go right into the third one. All right, listen to this. This is Samuel Chadwick says, said this. I love quotes. It's really powerful. It says when it's talking about prayer or the name of Jesus becomes the authority in the prayer system. When you and I pray in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is the authority in the prayer system. But here's what he said. There's no power like that of prevailing prayer. It turns ordinary mortals into men of power. It brings power. It brings fire. It brings life. It brings God. Wow. I love that. Well, let's go on and look at the last guarantee. Here we go. Turn to Romans. Oh, I love the book of Romans. How about you? Ooh, powerful, man. Well, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, let's look at verses 26 through 28. We're talking now the third guarantee, the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee. So what have we learned so far? What's the first guarantee? The Word. What will the Word do for us if we use the Word? We plant the Word, what will it do? Give us a harvest. And how do we know it will give us a harvest? Because we can ask, but hold on, let's back up. How do we know it will give us a harvest? Because... Who watches over his word to perform it? God. So what is God waiting for us to do? To use his word. Now, we've using his word. However, now we're using his word. And what did we just say? The name of Jesus, come on now, right, is the authority in the prayer system. So when you and I now use, we have his word, we use the name of Jesus. And he said, when we do that, what happened? We can ask what? Anything. What does anything mean? And what does it say? What's the results? Wow. Now let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Who's found Romans 8, 26 through 28? Just read that nice and loud. I'm going to come stand by you. The only reason I'm standing by you is not because, you know, uh, for any other reason than to get, get you on the mic. That's all I wanted to do. So who wants to read that for me? Yes, I'm going to stand right here. Go ahead. Nice and loud. Man, isn't that powerful? Now we see how the Holy Spirit comes into effect and how he begins to take the word, come on, coupled with the name of Jesus, you see here, and begins to, to move and to help us. Let me give you some things for you. When we talk about the effectiveness of prayer, here's what I want you to get, get down in your notes for me. Here's what we should know. We should know that we should pray, listen, for as we ought to pray. We should know this. We should pray for what God says we can pray for and have. Are you with me? We know. Listen, but here's the thing. It says when we don't know. Come on, everybody say when we don't know. What do you pray? How do you pray now when you don't know? Have you ever been in a situation in your life when it seems like, man, I've prayed all I know to pray. I mean, it's all I know. 
I mean, I, my understanding now, all of a sudden, it's, that's, that's it. I don't, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. Well, come on, somebody. Now we got the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. We know not what we should pray for as we are. Then he comes in. Glory to God. Begins to help us. Are you with me? Notice this. But the Spirit makes intercession for us. Wow. So the Holy Spirit, he's making intercession for you and I. Referring to the language you speak in, or in articulate. Listen, here's the other thing I like. When you articulate. But here's what I also like. He searches the heart. He'll search your heart. What did we say? Your heart is soil. Your heart is the ground that the word of God, which is the seed, is what? Planted in. Are you with me? And when you take the word of God, you plant it in your heart. What happens is it begins to grow and you water it. But here's what the Holy Spirit does. He then begins to search your heart. Come on, somebody. I like that. And it says right here, he searches our hearts. But then it goes on and says this. Write this down, that he makes intercession for you. So he searches your heart. Then he begins to make intercession for you. Isn't that what the word says? But then hold on. It didn't stop there. Then it goes on and says, according to, listen, in harmony with the will of God. Glory to God. I love it. So I'm telling you, this is so powerful when we get a, get a hold of the truth and understand the guarantees of prayer. And so what we talked about and working on these truths is we have to have the word. Say the word. the word. And we have to have the name of Jesus. But also now we've been given the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Well, here we go. Let's look at a few scriptures and then I'm going to let you go. Look with me at Jude. Jude 17 through 21. We are going to see how important it is when we access the word of God, get the word of God in us, when we learn how to pray using the name of Jesus, and we rely upon the Holy Spirit and what he'll do. Jude 17 through 21. If you find it, go ahead and read it for us. We'll certainly all appreciate it. Nice and loud so we can hear it. Let us know what translation you also have, please. Jude, what verse are we looking for? All right, who's got that for us? Mm -hmm. Man, that's powerful. So someone else read verse 20 and 21. Man, that's good. Let us know what translation. Thank you. 2021. Read that for us. Who's got that? Mm-hmm. Isn't that something 
that even in the midst when we're talking about praying, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, that the word says, and keep yourself in what? Wow, the love of God. Woo, isn't that something? I'm telling you, because what happens even in the body of Christ, we fall out with one another, where we all of a sudden, you know, you say, brother, I love you, then, then tomorrow you can't stand me. That's not right. Am I right about that? That's not right. Okay. All right. So let's go to Acts now. Oh, this is good. We're not going to read this whole thing, but I want you to go to Acts and you'll see, as I want you to see and begin to pick up and things here as we study this together. But we're going to look at uh, this uh, few verses that I believe is going to bless you. And then I'm going to pray and let you go. Acts chapter two, and it's talking about praying and, and, and verses one through 16. We're not going to read all that, but we're just talking about and understanding that that they were speaking and say speaking in other languages, it says here, and having never sat down, listen, in, in a language class to learn that language. In other words, they were like, wait a minute. They're speaking in languages. It's talking about that they, they never were taught how to speak that in, in unknown tongues and languages. Now, there were some languages that people were able to understand. Can I tell you an example that happened to, to me? Here I am in New Mexico, and we're at a men's conference. And at the men's conference, what we were doing, we had some guests in, and they were from Africa. They were from South Africa. Well, and so what's happening is, is we were praying before service, and I had the opportunity to lead the men in prayer before service. And so we're praying, and man, we're tearing it up. Boy, we're excited, ready for the things of God and God to move and everything like that. And so we're praying. So we're walking across the stage, and we're just praying. Well, these men also were there, and they were praying. And as we began to pray, they said and, and asked me if they could talk to me after service. And the pastor. And he said, can we, can we ask you, where did you learn that language? And I'm like, learn what language? They said, because what you prayed, you prayed in our dialect. And we understood everything you said. I'm like, I didn't know that. But they did. Amazing. And so what happens is you begin to understand that that's even what happened, you see, in the book of Acts, as they were praying. And so it's important for us to get the word of God in us. Listen, we have the word. We also have what? The name of Jesus and also the Holy Spirit. Now we see here, and the reason why I brought you there, I wanted you to see what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is going to search your heart. He's going to search my heart. And here's why. Because it says simply here, I'm going to give you this information. He knows the intent of our hearts. <laughs> Woo! Come on, somebody. Now, people may not know. He knows. He's searching. Mm, all right? Because the Spirit intercedes. Notice this. Here's what I want you to understand. This is how good God is. And don't take it in a bad way. But this is a good thing. Because what happens is because he knows the intents of our hearts, and if the intent of our heart is not right, what happens is the Holy Spirit, he searches our hearts and he knows the intents of our hearts and he begins to help us so that the intents of our hearts are what began to change. And then he's standing in the gap, if it will. He's pleading to God, the father for us on our behalf as he's interceding to work out those intents in our heart that are not pleasing to him and getting them right with God. Oh, I like that. 
Woo, man, I'm telling you. So we got to get a hold of the truth and understand what God is doing. So last thing I'm going to say to you, and I want us to look as we go to Acts chapter 2, and I, I was getting over there, and man, I tell you what, God is so good all the time. Praise God. And we get a hold of the truth of God's word. So we've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about the importance of getting into the word of God and, and how important prayer is. Uh, how many have actually enjoyed what we've talked about in this series? Have you got something out of it? All right. And so we go to Acts chapter two and the verse that I want us to look at. And I'm, I'm getting there. You say, what is he doing? I'm turning my pages to there. All right. So here we go. Acts chapter two. Let's look at together. Verse 28. Well, let's read verses. Um, really, we can read verses 25, if you don't mind, down to 28. Will someone read that for us? And then I'm going to let you go. All right. Mm hmm. Wow. I'm telling you, here's the bottom line. And this is what's so important to pray and understand the third guarantee that God has given you and I, the Holy Spirit. All these things. Everybody say these things. The word of God, the name of Jesus, listen, and the Holy Spirit interceding for you and I. He's working together. All of it is working together. But then understand this. It'll work together for our good. Say my good. See, and all the things that you're praying and believing God for, we must understand as it's working together for our good, that the prayer coming together, that whatever you're believing God for and you're having faith for it and you're lining your heart up with it, it'll come to pass. Say, come to pass. So we know we know the scriptures even today with this lesson. Wow. Looking at those three guarantees is so powerful. And when we get all of them working together, connecting in harmony, man, God begins to move. Are you with me? And so I encourage you, I encourage you, man, get in the word, get in the word, meditate upon the word. You know, I have, I have a coworker at work and every morning I come in, she says, Pastor Maurice, she says, what word do you have for me today? And I give her a word. I say, here's the scripture. <laughs> here's the word. Walk in love. Be patient. Come on, that's the word. Stop grumbling. Oh, come on, somebody. Right. So and, and, and this is important. You always need to have the word in you because see, people are watching. Say they're watching me mm -hmm. because, of course, you're marked. You're a believer. You're a Christian. People are going to watch you and say, mm, I must give you the real deal. Especially in the midst of a crisis. Then they say, where's God now? Wow. So what do we do? We stay consistent. All I'm sharing with you is stay consistent. Stay consistent with the word. Stay consistent. First of all, in prayer, but stay consistent with the word. Stay consistent in the name of Jesus. That's your authority that God has given you. And allow the Holy Spirit, man, to search your heart. Say, Lord, here I am. And if there's anything that's not right on the inside of me, come on, fix it, Lord. And he, guess what he'll do? He'll do it. Wow. He'll make the adjustments. Heavenly Father, let's pray. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. Oh, we thank you, Lord.
showing us the importance of prayer and how it is that we commune with you 